Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF, once again, broadcasting from upstairs in my house in a temporary environment. Uh, soon, soon, I will move down into the newly finished uh, house of my uh, of my. <laughs> Of my podcast. It's just, it's right next door. It was a garage and now it's a house. And I'm going to move in there and bring my sound panels with me and bring all the equipment out there. I got to get a rug first though. Today on the show, Jessica Curson is here. The very funny Jessica Curson who I've known forever. And now she, we finally get to talk. She was, she's an insanely funny person. And uh, she's got a Comedy Central special. Jessica Curson, Talking to Myself, premieres this Friday, December 6th, on Comedy Central. And it'll be available the next day on the Comedy Central app, cc.com, and other on-demand platforms. She's also got a podcast called Relatively Sane. I don't know if you know her, but uh, I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy she's got this special. And I haven't talked to her in a long time. And back in when I remember talking to her last... She was going out with um, Stop the Insanity Lady. Anyways, Jessica Curson is here, and I love her. It's a it's some Jew on Jew action. So what? How'd it go? How'd it go last weekend? How'd, how'd it go on Thanksgiving? Did you got you are, is everybody okay? Do we need to debrief? We should debrief probably because I talked to you Thanksgiving morning, but uh, I haven't talked to you since. And who the hell knows what could have happened? I can be honest about mine. I, uh, I, as usual, had it, it took two days to cook and I did something I don't usually do. And I, yeah, I guess I'll share it with you is that I'm of the belief that you don't cut any corners. You don't go healthy on Thanksgiving. Fuck it. If it, if it, if it takes butter, if it requires butter, put it in. If it requires sugar, put it in. If it requires cream, put it in. Put that shit in there. One day a year is not the time. To prove that you know how to uh, cook healthy, you know, do that every other day of the year at home, not for people. And you know, I have very consistent recipes, and I don't, I don't usually break away, but I broke away this time. The potatoes, mashed potatoes, had two vegans in the crew. My my cousin's kid is a vegan, and uh, uh, my mom's friend's a vegan. So I mashed potatoes and I made them with olive oil, 
instead of butter, no milk, just mashed with olive oil and garlic. And all that all you got to do is cut your potatoes up, boil them with about a dozen garlic cloves, and uh, then strain them, dump it all in, mash them up with like a cup of fucking olive oil. This is like ten pounds of potatoes, and just get them nice. And then to, if they need to be uh, uh, sort of loosened up a little, add some of the cooking water. And they were great. Not only were they great, but they fucking went, man. I mean, like, like unlike any other mashed potatoes I've ever made. I made 10 pounds of fucking mashed potatoes for 15 people, and there was maybe a pound left in there. They were very popular and, they, and pretty fucking healthy just because I wanted to, I wanted the vegans to be able to eat something. And then I did, um, I did squash. No yams. Usually I do the yams with the brown sugar and the pecans and the butter streusel on top. That whole business. Haven't done that in a couple of years. Last year I did some mishmash of yams with some garam masala. This year I just kabocha squash straight up, sliced it up into small triangles, roasted that shit with coconut oil and garam masala on it and a little salt, served the little, uh, little pieces. Wet. People loved it. But also, with the leftover squash, I did something that turned out to be fucking amazing. Now, I eat a lot of kabocha squash. I don't know about you, but I do. And I steamed one. I gutted it, cut it up, steamed it, skin on, and then I mashed it with just a little bit with some coconut oil. Just mashed the shit out of it with the skin on. So it's like kind of that orange flecked with the green from the skin, which breaks down. And just with coconut oil and a little salt fucking great like i can't wait to make it in like an hour i'm gonna make it it's sunday i'm recording this and everything was good people were getting older and i was sort of at in the back of my head had my cat on my mind lafonda who was here sick and i was hoping she was bouncing back but you know my mother's getting older her boyfriend's getting older i kept my anger at bay we did a nice beach day you know my brother was there with his son who fished a lot his 18-year-old boy, my cousins, everybody. It was actually very nice. My buddy Dave came down. I met his buddy, Phil, who just got a new kidney. That was a nice day after Thanksgiving. Me, my, my, my old buddy Dave and I got sober about three years apart. He's about 17. I'm about 20. His pal Phil's like 36. Had a little uh, get-together. He wanted us to meet. We were very you know, prominent, important in his life, and we'd never met each other. So that was a nice way to spend a couple hours on Friday after the beach. A little clarity, a little recovery talk, some uh, laughs. But yeah, man, mine went okay. Did yours? Before I left, I don't know how much I told you, you know, I took LaFonda in because when I got home from my last trip to Ireland, she wasn't well. And... um She's got kidney problems, but I think she's had them a long time. She also had a, a a bladder infection, which we treated. But I was only home for a couple of days. The vet told me to do uh, subcutaneous fluids, which I did for two days, which is not easy. And while I was away, I was hoping she was bouncing back. I had, I had the guy who watched my house feeding her a lot. And I get home, and she's not great. I don't know. Not good. I don't know how long she's going to last. And I know that I'm I, I'm just happy I'm home and I, I'm going to be home for a couple weeks here, and uh, I can sort of monitor the situation and uh, and be uh, be loving to my kitty. Her brother's old too, but he seems to be bouncing around on the medicine from the hyperthyroid. But I guess I'll know. I'll know when to do what's necessary. But she's eating. 
She's drinking. She's kind of getting around. She's hanging out a bit. But she's just definitely weak. And the doc said, look, if, you know, I said, well, how am I going to know? And he said, well, if she's got diarrhea or she's like throwing up. and But she's not doing that. She's just very weak. But she's trying and she's eating and drinking and uh, and and not hiding. So I, I should wait, right? I guess I'll try to give her the subcutaneous fluids again. It's just sad, man, because she ain't what she used to be, and it's just the way it is. I seem to have missed most of the the killings or the deaths of of, of my pets somehow or another. I don't know. Butchie died uh, when I was away in New York years ago, and Boomer disappeared, and well, Moxie, I I don't know uh, what happened to Moxie. My ex took her. And, uh, I don't know, Deaf Black Cat got ripped up, but I don't know. I didn't see it. I guess I've just been spared that, but I really want to be there for, uh, for Fonda and Monkey. Monkey's doing fine. Buster's doing good, but LaFonda's, um, LaFonda is maybe on her way out and it's hard because I've spent 15 years with that fucking cat and she was, uh, always a trip, always a tricky cat, tough. And, uh, she's just breaking down as we all are. But, um, so yeah, so it's heavy. It's been a heavy day today, man. It's a heavy time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, isn't it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to feel sometimes. I'm in a a thing now, which is, it feels good. I'm just trying to be happy, man. I'm just trying to let things go and have a shot at being happy and being open and being trusting of another person and letting myself be in it. But you end up hurting a lot of people in a lifetime, don't you? If you take chances, if you're a free thinker, that's the funny thing is like so many of these fucking fake alpha dudes and free thinking fuckers. So many of them are are locked into some pretty old standards around male, female relationships around the idea of survivalism you know, just because you let your brain go and you open your mind up to any renegade strand of bullshit fucking theory because you don't know the truth, maybe even you weren't educated in the truth, doesn't make you a free thinker. You know, taking chances with your thoughts and your mind in a way that's creative, you know, proactive, interesting, honoring your own sense of personal freedom and desire and feeling. I mean, that's, you know, that's real free thinking, real taking chances. But most people don't want to do that because the security thing, I don't know, it wears on you when you're out there in the world trying to put yourself together, trying to find love, trying to work through things without falling into the standard sort of trappings of regular life or the status quo, uh, you end up uh, carrying a heavy burden on your heart and hurting people. But it's going to be okay, folks. I'm going to be okay. It's weird, man. You get into your 50s and you start to realize, okay, this is it. I (laughs) I better really, you know, try to let shit go, engage, open up, have some fun, get a little happiness. I used to be, I used to think peace of mind was enough, but I, I'm starting to think happiness might be possible. Yes. Yes. In light of all this aging and sickness and death and heartache, 
I think happiness is possible. And also the ongoing spectacle of a world trending towards destruction on an environmental level and uh, just a society of strongman leaders and, and complete authoritarianism on another level. But the beautiful thing about uh, about everything that's going on in the world is that there are moments where you can just say, fuck the world. What about my heart? What about my mind? What about my life? Who am I? What do I do now? Right? Let's get some laughs. Jessica Curson is here. Yeah. Her new special, Jessica Curson, Talking to Myself, uh, premieres uh, this Friday, December 6th, Comedy Central. Be available the next day on the Comedy Central app and at cc.com and uh, other on-demand platforms. She also has the podcast, Relatively Sane, which you can get wherever you get podcasts. And I love talking to her. I love her. This is me and Jessica Curson. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of growth grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts it's so weird i mean like i feel like i know you forever and we don't we don't know each other that well but there's always a, a familiarity a jew thing a yeah New York it's definitely thing. a jew thing but i remember you from a, a long time ago but you're you started after me doing stand-up but i remember you when you were younger what do you remember well, th- I have one very specific memory about. Uh, well, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, no! You, no, no! I remember you were just all. You always, but you still like this. You all lit up, a lot of energy. You know, a lot. You know what I mean? Aggressive yeah. comedy. And I remember the first time I saw you. I'm like, holy shit! This is like the history of Jewish comedy. <laughs> it's in, it's in, anxiety in one and person. anger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's like it's all there. <laughs> the the anger, the charm, the the meanness, the faces. Yeah. It's, all, it's all happening all at once. Yeah. Nobody like this person, Jessica Curson. <laughs> well, I purposely have always tried to be different because it, it helps. It works. It's well, a part of me. Right. Well, I think you're different in that, you, you know, the energy, the intensity is different. But there is, uh, you know, there, like we all fall into this sort of kind of. Ashkenaz tradition. <laughs> Ashkenaz, I love it. <laughs> you know, of, <laughs> of Jew comedy, you yeah. know, some more than others. But like, yeah. but like, I've always been a big sort of, I, I like seeing that. Yeah. You know, that, that I do too. People who fall into the history. I'll tell you the, the memory I have is that when you were dating. I knew you were going to bring this up. I mean, I knew this is what you were going to say. Because, like, I, you, do you remember when I, I found out it was her and I went so crazy? <laughs> it was insane. 
But, but you were, well, we can say, right? Of right. course, yeah. So what was her name? Susie Powder? What was her so name? I love it. You just said Susie. Wait. Susan Powder. Susan Powder used to be on TV. Yeah. And she stopped the insanity. Yeah. And I loved her. And then, like, I hadn't seen her in a long time. And then you show up at the cellar and you guys are dating. I'm like, no way. I know. You freaked out. I did because I was, I was, uh, it was one of those, uh, she, you know, where you're, uh, what do they call it? Where you, you have a secret fan of somebody? Like, who, would you think I would be, a big Susie, Susan Powder fan? No. Right. I mean, but she was huge. I know. She was, and the funniest thing was she was an exercise guru. Right. And I was a house when I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just so it, crazy. Nothing added up to me. Never. But I was, I was yeah. happy for everybody, but I, I didn't, I didn't understand how it was. I happening. didn't either. I really don't. I, I went through a horrible breakup. I was with someone for 12 years and it was horrible. So I was distraught and a yeah. mess. And like, it was one of those relationships you get out of and you're like, can I even wash my hair? Like I felt completely <laughs> like I should have worn a helmet and like I was a mess. And then I met her through Rosie O'Donnell uh -huh. on her cruise. Yeah. And she was hot. Yeah. I mean, she was hot. She Remember, was, when when you sure. saw her, she had dreads and yeah. high heels. And but, she she, was, but she was also on the other side of her fame right when i met her way uh, other side yeah because i can't even put the i can't even get a timeline with it no and i don't remember it was way past right. when she was big yeah like i don't remember what year she was big but i remember like i had this guilty pleasure is what it was mm -hmm. watching her because i she used to make me feel g better and then, I don't mean, <laughs> she was on tv with the exercise <laughs> and it was this whole stop the insanity business right and i really got a kick out of her yeah. And then like years later, there she is with you at the comedy. So and like, it was insane. Like it wasn't happened? stopping me. And so this was like revving up the insanity. The For two you. of us together. Oh, oh no. my God. It was insane. Well, anybody who's making a living as an exercise guru <laughs> whose tagline <laughs> is stop the insanity has got to be out of her fucking mind. There's no way. Out of her. But so hot. <laughs> yeah. So hot. Yeah, she was pretty. Yeah. I mean, like, that's what she gave me so much attention. She was very charismatic. So I got hooked in. Well, when I got now, hooked in so you're on the cruise doing comedy for Rosie's thing? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then I was, met her and I was like, I was, was she I doing hated exercise myself. On the thing? Um, she was doing some classes and talks, I think, but yeah. she really hit, hit hard with me. Like, she really went after me. Really? And then I, when I was with her, I was the healthiest I ever was. I did yoga every day. She cooked me all the shit. I was just like, can you just take your clothes off? I really. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to bend over and breathe. I this is I'll do it if you're gonna have sex off. with me. Yeah, but I can't. And then that all ended, but the exercise continued, so it was a mess. There was no sex, but there was a lot of downward dogs. Really? Oh, with, so like, you stayed with her after things for a little while, but it was you know I I cared about her, but I tried to fix her. It was crazy. You tried was, to fix her? Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. And she it was, was trying to fix you. Everyone's trying to fix each other. I. I <laughs> I guess so. It was just, it was an insane. You both had I, projects going on oh with my, the other person. I'll never forget when I took her to the country club. You're going to love this. The, the Jewish club? country club. My grandmother's country club in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, and no. she had an adopted son and he was black. He was gorgeous. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> and, and Susan is in like with the tattoos, the dreads, yeah. like the huge boobs, yeah. the great body. And she took her son to the bathroom and my grandmother looks at me and she goes, what? Did she have to adopt a black child? <laughs> There's so many white children that need homes. I was like, oh, my. <laughs> so, all right. So let's let's go back, though, because I, you know, like your jersey. 
Yeah, I grew up in South Orange, New Jersey. South Orange. It's an amazing place. Great memories of Jersey because, you know, we moved away from there when I was in third grade. You know, I, I didn't live there, but I'd fly back. So it was a big treat. My grandparents' Aww. house. So I'd go there three or four times a year, and it always meant a lot to me. New Jersey, I have a very me too. Uh, beautiful yeah. uh, memories of it. Oh, I think it's an it's an incredible place. It People is, really. make fun of it. It's like it's gorgeous. I grew up around mountains and and beautiful trees and deer, and yeah. it's gorgeous. And all the back when I was a kid, they had the good tomatoes. Oh, they have amazing. <laughs> My mother just gave me tomatoes last week. <laughs> you have to try these tomatoes. <laughs> She drives with tomatoes to meet me and give them to me. They do have great. <laughs> How were they? Oh, they're just huge and they're like apple. They're sweet. I know the beef, the big beefsteak <laughs> tomatoes, the Jersey. Oh, it's so Jewish that we're talking about tomatoes. Non-Jews would not be sitting here talking about it's tomatoes. It's a Jersey thing, isn't it? It is. It's Jersey and Jewish. But there's, it was yeah. always fruit. The summer was like, you know, tomatoes. There was cantaloupes. There was everything. Well, that's it? a big thing too. The half a cantaloupe with the uh, cottage cheese oh, or yeah, the half. Right, <laughs> diet, diet. There was, when I was a kid, my grandma had like diet chocolate soda. Of course. Yeah, it, when, all- <laughs> I, I know. What is what that? What was that? I don't remember the brand. I don't. Was it? It wasn't Doctor Brown's. Or no, no, it was some other brand. I used to drink that too. Yeah, it was a diet. They had coffee soda. Diet yes. coffee. Oh soda. my God! What is? I remember drinking our grandparents' that. generation. My though. grandmother had seltzer with like the thing on the top. Oh, did? You, oh, really? Yeah. Well, squirted. My yeah. Mother, grandmother used to like that stuff. Pert perk. It was like a non-dairy <laughs> creamer. She put it in a. <laughs> Fucking and Santa, Sa- Santa, not Sanka. Sanka. I just Sanka. said Santa. Yep. Santa. But yeah, I mean, like you know, Jersey was very specifically that to me, you know. And I, I guess it was a cultural thing. I don't know. Did you do the Florida thing too? Because I did. Uh, what do you mean? In do the it? winter, everyone goes to Florida. Yeah, my gr- they went there, you know, but I didn't go there a lot. I mean, my mother's, my actual mother's there now, so mm. I go. Yeah, they. I don't know why they all end up there. But- it's God's waiting room. I don't know what it is, but I've grown to appreciate it. Well, that's a lot. I talk about that a lot in my act. They're the worst crowds for stand up. I no, mean, I won't no, perform there. Oh, they're hot. They're I, I. There's no winning with young or old no. people. There's just not. You don't. You don't. You you do a show in Florida. You're, it's almost like did someone make you come to this show? <laughs> <laughs> I say they get there at like 2 p.m. They talk about the seats for hours. You shit over there. No, I, I'm not shitting on the end seat. Like, it's just, you hear them mulling around. You're doing those shows? Yes, because I'm, I have, I have to make the money. I don't do them as much as I used but to. Do but do you have a Jewish booking agent? Or do, do you get I did. Booked at, I did all you, the developments. You do it's, the developments? I did them. I don't anymore, but I did a ton. I know. I ate, after each one, I ate a live pig. It was really <laughs> no. Not... I mean, I'm not judging it, but because it's fascinating to me. Yeah, I did a ton, but because I didn't you... like even come out. I mean, I don't say what's really going on in front of those. They'll be like, "Why aren't you with a man and suffering?" You know, they don't. Well, why aren't you making a man suffer? How come they always? <laughs> why do they? Why do they? How could they possibly turn that on? The, like, why That's are you hysterical? <laughs> why, why are you making a man? <laughs> what are you doing? Look at they're all dead. We're here alone. We won. There's, those people have set. You don't even know the sex stuff. Have no, you I heard know. about that? Like, it's like the, the highest STDs? rate. Yeah, that's because the men are calling up hookers, and, oh. they're, and then they're spreading it to the poor ladies. That's what's happening. <laughs> the poor ladies. Yeah. <laughs> that's For some reason, I have a burning in my <laughs> vagina from Samuel. I don't know what he. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, Sam hired some. <laughs> fucking monster off yeah, the street sam hired a russian <laughs> prostitute to sit on his face exactly and now, and, and now you get what's left 
I assume that's what's happening. What else could be happening? I don't know. They're just all horny. I'm like, God, right. I don't even care anymore about sex. How are these people so... What are you going to do down there? You know, I mean, like, after, like, you live your whole life, you're supposed to retire, you get down there, and everyone's just sort of, what are we doing? You, you go to the beach? <laughs> I don't what? know. They, they don't go to the beach. Like, I don't even think they go, they to, go the to the beach. They go to the pool? The big thing is, like, a card game. Like, their their whole day is planned around. I have a card game at 3 o'clock, no so Mahjong. I have to rest. Oh, yeah, Mahjong's Mahjong. the big... Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Sure, Mahjong. Like, but you, you did you, you, your grandparents went down there? Oh so you, my God, both sides wait, what, went every winter. In Boca? One went to Boca and one went to West Palm. Oh, my mother's in Hollywood, Florida. Yeah, that's all the same. It's all I the guess. same thing. I, I, but I have such like a deep, ingrained, weird kind of, uh, um, I don't know if it's a soft spot, but I, I, there's a part of me that ran from my Jewiness. Mm-hmm. But but it's just right there. I know. I'm the same exact. <laughs> you cannot run from your Jewishness. There's no way you can. How far can you run from your Jewishness? Well, you know what? Jews hire comics. <laughs> no, like, I'm just really? saying. Like I know. Like, I Do I kinda... seem really Jewish? No, but I can. You can. No, you could be Italian. Yeah, I, mean, I could kind of pass because I'm a little waspy looking, and I could shut it down. But, yeah, you can. But 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 like it's like it just doesn't take much to activate it. No, you could totally be Italian. Yeah, but I do have. I'm very Jewish in certain ways. Well, how'd you, how, you grew up in a weird big family. This, you don't have a wiki page, but somehow, you know, Zach Braff is like, well, I do have, like, I look up your name and I'm like, how is he involved? Well, I know. It's, (laughs) it's like you, you Google my name and it says I went to the premiere of Garden State. Yeah, I don't know what it, I I know. I I still can't figure out. I mean, it was all the information was there. But I don't know what the what the relationship is. Okay, I'll tell you. It's I know it's a, it's okay. So my parents were married. I have one older sister. Okay, so I have an older sister Jennifer, who is my full blood sister. Okay, and then, your parents, yeah. right? Then two my, Jews, right? Two Jews, yeah. and then they and they were never in love. They met at Temple University, and it just worked because they were both good looking Jewish, uh-huh. and the families got along. Uh-huh. And then my mom, they got divorced when I was thirteen. Oh. I know, bad age. Yeah. And then my dad married a younger woman mm. and my mom married Zach Braff's father. Oh. So they've both been remarried for oh my god, 30 35 years. Okay. And then my my dad and my stepmother had two kids. So I have two halves of with the younger woman. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yep. And then how how my stepfather had four children. Uh with your mother? Yep. No? no, no, with his ex. Oh, okay. So I have okay. four steps, two halves, How and one brat. full. Yeah, he just passed. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Yeah, so he had four kids when your mom married him. Yes. So Zach is one of yes. them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you were 13, so you had a relationship with these people. Very strong. We're all very close. I'm, I'm really lucky because everyone gets along. Well, that makes all sense because he wrote the Jer- the Garden State. He's the Jersey guy. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's all, Jersey. it's all film where I grew up. All Jersey. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah. And everyone's a Jew. Everyone's a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a Jew. Their um, mother, what, she converted. Right. I uh, did. I, that, that's the one bit of information I got. I you didn't, did? Yeah. That is so funny. That's, that's in his bio. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he was, what was he, nine? Yeah. When they got married? And I, I, know, was I didn't go 16. that deep in. Like, I, I know, thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it was, it, it's, I'm lucky because there's so many problems with so many families and everyone really does get along. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could that's be nice. so much worse. But was, were you brought up, so that's like four, five, six kids and then your father had two more? Yeah. So there's eight. 
of yeah, you that it's are crazy. half and kind of half brothers or step brothers. Yeah. yeah, I mean everybody gets along. Yeah, that's sweet. Now, were you brought up religious? No, Just, I was brought up reform, so I had a bat mitzvah, but it was not uh, stained glass windows and yeah, guitar in synagogue. <laughs> Is there, is there uh, yeah, of course. There's women that are rap. <laughs> it's like just smelled like white fish, and woman's like, yeah. There, it's it's all progressive. I know. You know, the women wear the kippah, the whole sure. thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's how I grew up. That's nice. It is. It's great. I got it. I had to go to Hebrew school, and I hated it. Yeah, I did too. But, but we were conservative. You were? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! No, we weren't. Yeah. We, yeah, it was just, it's just weird how these things get planted in your head. I just talked to somebody else about that. Like, what does that really mean? I mean, I'm not religious at all. We were never taught that there was a God. I didn't even know the point of anything other than to, you know, pound into your head that you're a Jew. You're, you're a Jew. You're chosen. Yeah, you, you learn how to read this. You can sing it for your thing. And then that's yeah. exactly how I grew up. Yeah. You have brisket for this. You yeah. have cultural little... Jews. But yes, you, but I just never got taught about the. You know, you know. There's all this Hebrew, and the, like there was never anything that established a relationship with God. There was Neither no... at all. Yeah, I don't know why it was. There was That's it was around. God was around, but there was never like I think with the Christians are like you know you're bad <laughs> and you got to ask Jesus to help you. Yeah, right. With Jews, it's sort of like we don't know. What the, <laughs> a, yeah, with Jews, it's like you're good, just like, profit from yeah, it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, Try, you're okay, you know, you're right. going to be, and no one's going to like you because yeah, you're a Jew. Exactly. You're going to have to work harder. Right. Yeah, Everyone hates us, but we <laughs> love yeah. each other. And here's some movies about the Holocaust. Right. And well, all I remember from Hebrew school is watching Yentl. Oh, Yentl, you got? That's yeah, I didn't even have a Hebrew name. I went to the the secretary at the uh-huh. Hebrew school. I'm like, can I get a Hebrew name? She's like, oh, we'll do Yiska. I don't even know why or if I don't. No, yeah. it was just a name she gave me. But you got your your Jewish name is like you know your 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 mother's Jewish name and it's a family name. Like I, I don't like, know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't matter? <laughs> so you, your grandmother was was she from your grandparents? Were they all from here, or did they immigrate or no? They didn't immigrate. No, they didn't. But my grandmother was an incredible. My grandmother's the one that told me to do stand up. Really? I, I was twenty nine years old, and she was watching me at a party. Oh, that, really? Sitting with this my is cousins. Who's your mother? My mom's mom. Uh-huh. She was like a matriarch, amazing, beautiful woman. Could she cook? Yes, she was incredible. A good cook? Or yes, just... a great cook. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, she so made she did the chicken. brisket and the chicken. Yeah, and... the whole thing. Matzo balls. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. Stuffed chopped cabbage, liver. Chopped, chopped liver. The whole. Right. Okay. Yep. So like Eastern European. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And she was like, "You need to be a comedian. Every time you're around people, they're laughing." I'm like, "I could never do that ever. I would uh-huh. be petrified." And she said, "Trust me, I'm your grandmother. You need to do it." And I really? took a class. I, I listened to her at 29. Yep. So... I was going to school to be a therapist. To get a master's in social work. Really? Yeah. My mom's a therapist. Okay. So so in high school and stuff, when do you come out? When do you, when does that happen? That was very hard for me. I met my first girlfriend in college in a mm. Jewish sorority. This is like a porn. <laughs> I was a senior. She was a freshman. We yeah. were both like, you know, long hair, really pretty Jewish, yeah. like with the clips in the hair, the yeah. whole, that whole oh, era. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I swear, I don't know what happened, but I saw her and I was like, she's beautiful. I'd never been with a, I, I don't, I didn't, I was very confused for you a were long struck? time. Yes. You, oh, you mean when you were younger, you were confused? You didn't, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't even an option about to be dating gay or, or, or no, oh, right, right. It was, no one was out and gay when I was growing up. Right. It wasn't even, yeah, yeah. you were like, oh, this guy wears a dress, but he's just weird. Yeah. Right. It was not, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was same yeah. time. No one was and, doing that. No. <laughs> 
I mean, it's almost like Ferris Lane. Yeah, it's like yeah, he's feminine, yeah. but you don't think he, want, you know, does that. So, uh, and then I met her, and then from that day, we yeah. just spent all of our time together. We used to sit Did in the car. Know? No. So neither one of you knew you were just. No. <laughs> and we just would stare at each other. Isn't that crazy? And play music in the car for hours. <laughs> It was like we were falling in love, but we didn't even know it. That's wild. And I had a really, to this day, I ha, I'm the one that has a hard time accepting all of it. Like everyone in my life is fine with it. With you being out. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me. Yeah. It is. It's because of the religious stuff that I hear and the, you know, the Jesus stuff and oh, you the mean Bible. Because of, and, of being a target. Yes. And that people don't accept it. It's hard. I want to be liked by everyone. So it's, it's hard. And knowing people who are judging you yes. specifically for that is difficult. Mm-hmm. But what happened with that girl? So we spent months and months and months just, and I would be like jealous if she was with a boy, but I didn't even know why. I'm yeah. not kidding. I didn't put two and two together. So nothing consummated? No, but then we went home for Christmas break. See, this yeah. is where it gets sexy. We went home for Christmas break and we were in my room and we were drinking wine yeah. and smoking pot and we started wrestling. Like there was so much tension for so <laughs> Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's like a porn. I'm telling you, it's this amazing. So, and we were, we were, and she's gorgeous. Yeah. And we were wrestling and all this stuff. And then we kissed. Yeah. And it was like, it was unbelievable. But I freaked out. <laughs> you freaked immediately? out. We both did. We were like, okay, uh, <laughs> that was fun. And what happened? It was just, it was so. <laughs> It was what happened. What just happened? And I am going to be burnt at a stake. And who are you? And this is disgusting. And did you end up hating each other? No, we, we in the long run, we ended up ha- having a relationship for seven years. But I was, you know, I was really screwed up at the time because yeah. I was I moved to Northampton, Massachusetts. Wow. Isn't that nuts? Because it was all, so many lesbians there because of Mount Holyoke sure. and Smith. And I this is so this crazy. Is where you went to college? I sold pot. I went to Maryland and then I to come like I to come out come out I moved to Northampton Massachusetts away from my family that was the plan yeah and then she moved there too oh and uh, I was very much but you weren't in school there no I just moved there just to get away did you graduate undergrad yes from Maryland Uh uh-huh yeah and you met her freshman year I met her, I was a senior and she was a oh, freshman. Right. So then I had to wait. It was a secret the whole time she was in college. It was really hard. She was there for three more years. And, oh, and she was coming up to visit you right, in Right, we would meet halfway in Pennsylvania or Jersey. It was really horrible. It's like very secret and I was lying to everybody. Wow. When I told my family, they, they, I, my sister thought I was dying of cancer. She was the way I told her. She was, she was so grateful. <laughs> I was hysterical. She's like, Jessica, I thought you were in terminal four cancer. Like, she knew. They all knew. What would she say to him? I was like, you're never going to believe it. It's horrible. Like, it was the way I set it up was that I was about to die. (laughs) (laughs) And then my mom's like, of course you're you're with her. You cry when she leaves. Like, that's not normal that you're sobbing for a week when someone leaves the house. A friend. (laughs) So they all knew. They all knew. But your plan was like to keep it secret. And in order to be comfortable, you thought like, well, there's a lot of lesbians at Mount Holyoke. Yes. I'm going to live there. Yes. And then I ended up selling pot. Yeah. (laughs) I had pot sent to me in the mail. From? This is after 
so much work in college and uh, graduates, mean? meaning like I had a great life. I mean, I had everything, and then I just went there and sold so, okay, pot wait, and just. Wait, so let's just back up. So you get you you finish high school, you go to to Maryland. To what college? University of Maryland. And you you do undergraduate what? Psych, you major in psychology. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you you actually go to graduate school. I I I started going to graduate school after college. No, no, I start, I moved to Mount. I moved to Northampton to be a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> That's where lesbian land. Yeah, in to, Northampton to scissor. Yeah, and um, <laughs> no one scissors. I know, it's so man. stupid. It looks it looks difficult. It is. I mean, I don't even want to lift my leg. Like it's so. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it, maybe it's a it's a rookie's mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one that's really a lesbian scissors. They, they just they cry. Try it we are right. Yeah, we just cry and eat hummus and um, <laughs> we don't do it. So I moved there first before, before I went graduate. to graduate. Yes, oh. and uh, and then she became a pot dealer. Yes, I had pounds of pot sent to me in the mail. You're saying it like this you know, like it, like it was like you know, some sort of weird thing you had nothing to do with. You're like, I know, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Someone yes, forced me. To- I mean, it didn't just happen out of nowhere. Well, it happened because I wanted to smoke pot for free, and I realized it's great money, yeah. and I don't have to work. Right. So, so, you, fa- so you figured out how to sell pot. Yeah. I yeah. sold it to the dealers. I mean, but it's it's insane that I did that from what I came from. Like, it's insane that I was a pot dealer. I don't know. I've met a lot of pretty, you know, uh, kind of... Uh, I've met a lot of middle class, upper middle class Jews that have done crazy shit. <laughs> I'm sure. I, mean, I don't know what we're judging ourselves against or who we think we are. Yeah. The fucking they're monsters. <laughs> fucking, I am no, a monster. No, I'm out of my mind. There's no shortage of Jewish monsters. I know. So. I love that I'm like, and I don't believe it. Something <laughs> happened and I started selling pot. Like it just, and it just, just fell in my lap. Same with the lesbian thing. Like, yeah. where did that yeah. come from? Well, what, why am I touching <laughs> a vagina? What is going on? It's this whole other part of you that yeah. you'd like to believe is you. But. Yeah. <laughs> I want dick and I just keep being with women. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> so you, oh, so you're like the supplier. Yes. What, did you Mark, do, uh, I had it sent to me, pounds of it, in know, transmission from fluid. From another Jew? From another Jew in California. See, see, I know, I know, we all work together. <laughs> so, but you're saying, like, what, well, who does that? Why would somebody like me find another Jew who's going <laughs> to send To do you, business you, with. Yeah, yeah, right. My mom's like, uh, if anything, you were an entrepreneur. I mean, I lived <laughs> off of it for, like, four years. Yeah. <laughs> I made a ton of money. <laughs> but no, you never got busted. That's good. Oh, I could, and I was so pompous about it i literally you're not even gonna well this was 25 years ago yeah but i I had a package that didn't show up do you know i called ups and was like where's my can you believe how sick that is (laughs) where's my package and they're like it went to the wrong they went to amherst massachusetts and they drove it in a cab they drove my huge package (laughs) of pot and i signed for it opened it up and started weighing it yeah it's just like when i think about that now it's i would have gone to jail for years. Yeah, you get dug in. You know, you, you yeah. Know, it, it's not even denial. It's just like, you, you, I don't know. I don't know what it is with that where you think it's normal somehow. I did. I, I didn't. I actually didn't even care. And you're also 
around a bunch of college students who are buying pot from you. So exactly. We, it's just sort of like, someone's got to do this. It's a job. <laughs> it's a, someone's <laughs> got to so, fill this role. Yes. <laughs> Someone has to open the Chinese restaurant in town. Exactly. Like there, yeah. There has to be some Jew. Where... where how are there Chinese restaurants? In every, the, I and don't you can even go to the it. middle of I don't Nebraska. Even understand it. I know. And, 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 and they all look like someplace. Every time you see them, you're like, does anyone eat there? Like, is that just a takeout place? Who buys the food? Yeah. There? It yeah. never looks inviting. No. And how are they, how did they end up in that small town? They Maybe out. they know they where needs a Chinese restaurant. Maybe there's like a bulletin board or something. But every town has that you're one right. Chinese Every re- single town. It's bizarre, man. And I think about it all the time, but it never looks like a place I want to go into. Always, I'm always like, how is that good? There's no way it's good. Yeah, no, well, there's I don't no- eat a lot of Chinese food anyway. Oh, me either. No, it grosses me out. I don't know why that is. It well, because be I don't know Jew what's thing. happening with the meat. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like there's, it's not even chicken. But it was a, but yeah, when our, our parents' generation, our grandparents, they would go to Chinese food. Sunday night. <laughs> Sunday night is Chinese food and, and Christmas. Those no, are the. You grew up with that? Sunday? Of course. My yeah. mom's birthday is Christmas. Yeah. So we would always, always go out for Chinese. Chinese. There used to be a woman, I think a lesbian woman, uh, up in San Francisco that ran a, a big comedy show. Yeah, I think she still Kung does. Kung Pao Comedy. Lisa Gaduldig. Yeah. <laughs> Gaduldig. Gaduldig, I think Dig. is her name. You should go do it. It was a big room. Yeah. All Jews. I heard about it. Yeah, yeah. I did it many years ago. So, all right. So, you're selling pot. You're eating <laughs> pussy. You're, <laughs> you're living up in Mount Holyoke. You're having the time of your life. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm having the time of... <laughs> <laughs> I was so miserable then. Oh, because of it that, was, you weren't because oh, oh, you weren't out yet in the back. And, and forth I was and, a mess. I didn't do. I played video games all day. I was a mess. Oh yeah, me, depressed and sitting there smoking weed all yeah, time. Yeah, just miserable. And there's nothing to do up there. Nothing. It's and like, you're too, oh. and you're not even in college. So you're just like the weird person. <laughs> that, <laughs> I was. Like, are you going to go over to her house? Yeah, we need pot. <laughs> do we have to hang out though? Are we? <laughs> No, no I think they liked talking. People, yeah, you know, yeah. like you, I'm sure, have always gravitated to, even if I was weird. But yeah. I was, I was also the codependent pot dealer. So I'd be like, "Do you want more? Are yeah. you okay? Yeah. Do you more?" So you I could have, okay? <laughs> like, you getting people's lives. You knew all the people. Yeah, yeah. Was it, was it just college students, or yeah, it was a lot of college students and a lot of just. Just random people that sold pot around the area that yeah. needed, and it was great pot from California. Yeah, back when it was like you know be, before all this insanity. Oh, with this the is pot. like you know, like you know if you you know there was one kind of good pot. Oh, this now, is. Yeah. I saw it last night. I was like, what? what do you get headaches? Do you smoke? When, no, I don't no. Either. Yeah. It's been a long time for anything. Yeah. Do you, do you do you get headaches? Do you have anxiety? Do you hate your mother? Are yes. you allergic to milk? Like, there's all these questions now. And there's, I can't believe oh, how for many the prescription com- weed. Just all yeah, of it. It's yeah. insane. So what happens? What, what kind of bottom do you hit? Like in the sense well, there what? I hit a drug bottom because I was so miserable and. But you we, were just smoking weed. I was smoking weed, but then Melissa moved there, my ex, 
And I was so screwed Finally. up. Yeah, I was just screwed up. I was like doing drugs. I started doing cocaine and, yeah. and it was a secret. It's so, I didn't tell anyone. Uh, so I do it at home. A lot of secrets. While I'm selling, so, uh, there's so, always secrets. So you're, you're doing cocaine. Yeah. You're a pot dealer and you're gay. And I'm, I'm, do you understand? I'm a pot dealer doing cocaine by myself in an apartment. So I, I had severe so, paranoia. Sometimes the best to coke by yourself. Well, that's the only time I did it. Uh, so no one even knew. Uh, so I would look out of a people for like six hours at a time oh, that kind of coke oh person? bad bad drop like, it go on the floor as soon as, as, soon, <laughs> as soon as you do a line you're like oh they're coming, they're, they're coming. that was me no it's the worst uh, i was like why do you do curtains clothes yeah because i was trying to kill myself i mean it's i believe you're trying that, to medicate right anxiety, right probably and then i sent myself to rehab oh good and i went to minnesota by myself to a gay rehab isn't that crazy but did, did, is this before you came out it was it was uh, after, but oh. I just couldn't deal with it. I just I couldn't deal with who I was. And did it fall apart with the girl? It did eventually, yes. But and she I, was supportive through all this. Yeah, rehab? she's great. I mean, she had no idea I was doing cocaine, so it was a little How shocking. How much were you to her. doing? What were you were you trading out? One of the dealers that was also selling pot sold cocaine, and you were doing trade or what? No, but I would. Well, yes, I think with one guy I did do that, but I I was in such a crazy place where I would go in my car and drive to like Springfield, Massachusetts at night by myself oh, to get yeah. coke. Like that's right. crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Like a cop once stopped me. It's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm lost. He's like, um, you're buying street coke. It's I at some point did because mm. I wanted it. I needed it. Yeah. Yeah. So coke is, was really yeah, I evil I for it. me. Yeah. It was definitely. Oh yeah. It's really evil. Get you in that one was make you go crazy. Yeah. So you go to a gay rehab. I like that you shopped around. I, how funny is that called pride? I mean, it's very original. Yeah. And I walked in and I was this Jewish girl from New Jersey. Yeah. I'm in the middle of the woods yeah. at this in this huge rehab. And I said to them, um, hi, I'm here for the rehab. Yeah. I, 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 I'm supposed to get my own room. Can you believe this? I know you're going to love this. So they're like, um, okay, well, you're not getting your own room. <laughs> But you can sit in the waiting area. I, yeah. I sat there for 11 hours waiting for my own room. That's how fucking entitled I was. <laughs> and it was a huge wake up for me. No. Like it was just like, you're, you're not special. You're, you're not just like everyone. Right. Like... <laughs> When's canteen? Do we have archery in an hour? Yeah, that's how I looked at it. Where's the girl? Where's the girl with the guitar? <laughs> When's arts and <laughs> they were like, you can sit here and wait, and I did, and then I ended up in a room with this woman who was having the DTS, and I have to tell you, it was the scariest thing that ever happened. I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. I was sheltered, right? So it was like. What is going on? You're throwing up. Every, it was very good for me at the time because yeah. I, it was right in my face. Like yeah. this is you're the same as her and right. So how long were you there? Oh, this is such a crazy story, Mark. I was there <laughs> doing really well yeah. for six, like I'd say five weeks, right. and then this woman walks in. Uh oh. And she's hot. Yeah. And you know you switch the addictions, so she walks in. I see these, you know, this woman black irish yeah. black hair Ooh. bright blue eyes right. great body tan yeah. Yeah. i'm like perfect yeah. now i don't have to work on myself anymore right. so we had an affair at the, at the uh, rehab rehab and, and that's intense oh my right yeah because it's right. like you know yeah it's all you got <laughs> <laughs> you got to make everything better yeah oh god i don't care about the coke give me the pussy now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so we would meet at night in our rooms yeah and then we left 
Like I was doing really well. I left rehab with her and moved. To- <laughs> Good idea. It was crazy. You're ready. You're I, ready. Yeah, I was fine. I was fixed at that point. So I was completely. You guys didn't even finish rehab or you finished? No, we didn't. We didn't finish you, rehab. We, we decided we're okay and you leave? Yeah, I we just- were just like, we're in love now. It's insane. I know. I, I know. How I know what you. I know you know. I'm sure we left. Well, when in- I got sober, I got sober because of a woman. Oh yeah. You knew her, did you? I mean, I feel like you must have started with Mishna. Who? You remember Mishna? Oh yeah, that's right. right. I forgot yeah. about that. So like you know, she you know. I forgot. So yes. I, you know, that, it took a long time for that to become horribly unbearable for her. But but I you know I I, I did it. I'm like this is gonna good. This is where I it's, remember uh, that so well now that you just said that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got married and everything else. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, and it's just- uh, And it's a disaster. Uh, disaster. So, so how long did it take you guys So I moved to Indiana, down? this <laughs> Jewish girl. That's where she was from? Yes. Oh, boy. You know, she drives the BMW, has a gorgeous house. She's really? gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, she got a job and everything? Yeah, she's like a financial planner person. Oh, my God. And I was like- it, it was it's all, all set. You're yeah, all set. Two months in, we relapsed. I mean, shocking. We get wine at dinner. It took two months, mm. but we relapsed together. And then we both moved to Jersey. My family is like, what? what? It's always been women that have taken me down. Like, I've gone crazy from these relationships. Wait, you, 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 the woman who had a life in Indiana? A whole life. You took her to Jersey? Yes. Yes. And we brought I a love place. This, this tone where you're like, I don't know what happened. I know. It keeps. <laughs> Because I I really don't. Like someone else was doing it. I feel like that. Who was that person? I guess it's my addict. Like this other person inside of me making these crazy decisions. But you must have had some sort of charm to get her to leave her life to go to New Jersey. I do have charm and I I have been, meaning like I've been with great women, but I have, I'm, it's very hard for me. I'm not great in relationships, but, um... So what happened? And she was screwed up too, but we end up moving to Jersey and shocking, it doesn't work out. How long did that take? Not long, like a year. And then she goes back to Indiana? Yeah, and I was uh, always heartbroken. Yeah. And then I have to get you sober again. So it's like, it's always been from breakups and the <laughs> so at what relationship point, things. When and- do you When do you start graduate school? <laughs> so I was... Yeah, so I went back to Jersey, and then I was like, I'm going to go for a master's in social work. Sure. I mean, I don't even know what, because my mom's a therapist. Right, yeah. Which is, there is so much there. Yeah. I mean, I went, you know what Estes. Yeah. I went at 10. Oh, I boy. went at 10 years old. My mother was a seminar leader. Is she Did she stay in it? Uh, yeah, she still is into the forum and landmark and tells oh, all my clients. Oh, my God. I, Mark, it's not easy. She tried to get everyone to do it when I was growing up. The I landmark? wanted to kill her. No, Est. I mean, it was even worse. I know. Then. Yeah, I know. I know a guy. In, he was in the forum, and he, I, finally he got out. I did Est at 10 years old. I was in a group. I don't group. even know what it is, and I'm judging it. Anything, well, you would judge it, I think. Of course I would. I was 10, and I went with all my mom's therapist friends' kids, yeah. and they went around with a microphone, and they had, you're going to love this, why I'm telling you. <laughs> They had all the kids talking about their lives, and I wouldn't. I wasn't saying anything. Yeah. And I think they said, you know, well, what's what is it like for you at home? And I'm like, well, my parents fight all the time. They hate each other. It's horrible. And the next thing you know, I'm walking on a stage with a huge sign that said "victim." <laughs> I knew you'd love that. It, it if that's not going to fuck is, you up. What is that? Meaning, 
it's like I know they did that to you though. Yes, and then yeah, that's the whole thing is like How taking response. I was ten. Oh it says everything about my life. <laughs> a huge sign with marker on a big piece of paper. And your mom signed off on that. Yeah, she still to this day says the forum, the landmark is the best thing. You know, she tells everyone to do it. We would go Were to like the, the cleaners only one with the sign. Yes, well, that from what I remember. I mean, <laughs> of course, because you're the victim. Right. I mean, my mom is a therapist and would do a lot of therapy uh, with me. And she was an art therapist. So uh, she would have me draw my feelings and then analyze them. I mean, it was I was therapatized from oh the second. My God. Yeah. She's and she still, saw clients in the house. She's still around. Yeah. She still sees clients. Yeah. Yeah. She would see clients uh. in the house and there was all these crazy people that would come to the basement to see her and we'd have to always be quiet. Uh. And if I was upset about something, she'd hand me a bat and a pillow. I mean, it's that kind of shit. It's really. <laughs> and wait, you have how many siblings in the house? Well, I only had a sister at that point. Right, but right. then when Zach. Wait, older? Yeah. But then when Zach moved in with my other step siblings, yeah. it was. I mean, Zach and I have the funniest stories about these people because there were no cell phones. <laughs> so she wouldn't show up. Right. You know, for an appointment. And they would just be sitting in the den waiting and we would feel responsible for them. There was no way to reach her. She forgot about appointments. Where was sometimes. she, though? She was just out. like She'd be in like New York City going to like... <laughs> and, and someone... They're like, I'm here to see Elaine. And then they'd come and just be waiting. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Hopefully she'll be home soon. There were no pagers or anything. Yeah. So Zach once went out to a party. He yeah. was 20 and left the woman in the house and put the alarm on. And she was afraid to leave. She spent the entire day and night in the house. And then my mom walked in and she was sitting at the dining room table. Yeah. And she's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and the woman's like, I didn't, I don't know. Your your son let me in. He had to leave. And I was afraid to leave. And they had a session at like six at night. She was in the house all day waiting. <laughs> Where's that movie? I know. Well, we, we were talking about it, oh, yeah. but it is fascinating to have a therapist see clients in the house with kids. It is bizarre, it's, yeah. It's amazing. All right, so, all right, so you decided to go to graduate school? Yeah, and how which long? I hated. How old NYU. were you? But you were older. I was probably 27. Yeah, I was 27, so you're in 28. in and out of relationships, in and out of sobriety, yep. in and out of all this other insanity, and mm -hmm. you decide, like, all right, I'm going to do... And I hated school. I was never a student. Yeah. I, I hated studying. Did you stay sober ever? Yes. Oh. Yes. For years at a time. But then I would always end, like it would always get screwed up when I would get into a relationship and it would end. I would yeah. go crazy and right, sure. start using. So you're a year into graduate school and your grandmother says to do comedy? Yes. Huh. So I start doing, I take a class. Scott Wakeman? No, I took it with the American Comedy Institute, Steve Rosenthal. I loved doing it. I was petrified to perform. My mother took me to a therapist that deals with fears. I'll never forget this because I was vomiting. So nervous. And I remember standing across from this guy like, no, yes, like he was my father or something. And then I finally was able to do it. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't do well, but I, I did it at Caroline's. It was sold out. It was a bringer show with yeah. 35 people there. Right. And I did well. And I was like, this is the most powerful what, feeling I've ever had. Right. What did he teach you, though? Because like it was very, very helpful. But you're very specifically, uh, you know, you, you do you have a lot. You have a way of doing comedy. Where did you figure it out? Did you have comics you watched? 
You know what's interesting? What? I never was a fan of stand-up mm. ever in my life. I'm not one of those people who watched a lot of stand-up. I watched Eddie Murphy and Cracked Up, but I was right. Saturday Night Live, Lucille Ball, right. Carol Burnett show. That was my stand. That was my thing that yeah. I watched and loved. My dream was always to be on SNL. Right. And I, my, the biggest thing was fear of being up in front of people. I was petrified. I'm talking petrified. But you're a natural kind of person who likes to. Yeah, but still, I had never been up no, in of front. Course, I was of freaking out. So doing a six week class where I got up in front of a small group and tried out material yeah. and at least had some jokes. Yeah. It helped a lot. Right. It did. So, and so when you got, after you saw the fear therapist. But you went, you, did your family come to the first time? Everyone, everyone, my parents, my grandmother, Zach, his friend, everyone, everyone came. Is they that were good? All up front. It helped me. It I felt did. supported, yeah. And you did good. I did well, and then I did an open mic. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> and I was, holy shit, <laughs> holy shit. I was like, oh, this is what it is, which probably made me stay in it because it was so miserable and uncomfortable Where was and it was that? familiar. Um, it was at a, it wasn't a lesbian show, but it was a place called Henrietta Hudson's in New York and it was mm. an open mic and there were just women heckling and people just standing around. It was horrible. Horrible. Oh, that was the second experience? Yes. But and that I think kept me in it because it was so horrible. Because yeah. I like being an angst, you know, that's. Fight. Yes. It's being a warrior. Yeah. Just, I'm used to it. It was familiar. It was. Yeah. And you, and that's that's interesting. So you had to uh, you realize like oh this is terrible, terrible. So it's good. And, and now we're gonna, <laughs> no, but also like, but there is a sort of like you know to learn how to f have that sort of fuck you thing. Well, I have to tell you the most powerful, like I said, I feel is when I'm on stage and the most present. Yeah, me so too. I'm never. There's never a time when I'm that present as when I am on stage. You too. Yeah, I don't know if I feel powerful, but I definitely feel present. I think as a woman, I don't really get into this woman man, but yeah. as a woman, I I feel very powerful. Yeah, standing above people with a microphone. And, oh yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know if I if I think about it in terms of power, but I definitely I like the feeling of. The moments in between laughs where there's just a theater full of people waiting for something and I'm not doing anything. Well, that's having power over I people. I, I mean, that's be, what it is. That might be the power thing. Uh, totally. Because they're so, waiting for you to. It's you're so like terrifying. The though. leader. Like, when you really think about it. Oh, you're it's like, terrifying. It's like insane. It's out. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I said last night on stage, I would not be standing here if everything were okay. Uh, yeah. I didn't have to do this. Like, this is a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's it's crazy. Yeah. I, it, I, 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 because I've become less frightened over time, there are moments on stage where I just like, I'm so aware and so present of just how ridiculous it is. It's so ridiculous. Where you just like, it's like, I, 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 it's on me to do this show, but like, I don't have to. I've said that. <laughs> I'm like, I could go either way right now. I could give you what I, you know, no will work or I could ruin this whole. I mean, it's real. That's that is a very powerful thing. Sure. And I and I I don't ruin them as much as I used to. I don't ruin them at all anymore. But there were times where I'm like, this isn't going to there's no way. But I got to do it. I got to make you not like me for a minute. I've done that so many. T I mean, I have done that so many times. I love doing I like, you know, doing that and then trying to win them over again. It's well, that, crazy. I used to do a joke about that where I say, like, 
there's this thing I do with an audience. I push you away and I try to get you back and I push you away and I bring you back. It's a little <laughs> dynamic I call dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I do. I, I do that. But like, I, like, cause there are these people that I've heard about. You know, these performers are sort of like, they just want the love. I'm like, I don't know if that's what I'm I, like. I Maybe I want it, but like, I don't know what uh, to do with it. Uh, I, first of all, I there there is that whatever they give me will never fill the hole. It is not even close to what I need to fill that hole. Of, what's it like? I don't even know if I identify it as a hole as much as sort of like you guys like, look, I know me. Yeah, I don't like me this much. <laughs> That's, it's uncomfortable for right, me. Right. I have to I now I force myself to stand there for a second and take in the claps. I swear. Right. I, f- I say, Jessica, stand here. You deserve this. Mm. Let them clap and, you know, acknowledge you and then walk off stage because I would run off stage every time. Yeah, I, it's like, so uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for me. Yeah, like when they like when they clap or they is yeah, it? They, to the, no, no, now no. it is still Does no, it? no, no. I get it because like I've built a relationship with an audience. Like I think the podcast helped me understand yeah. that. Like it's not some random bunch. Like I, I do know that I have sort of an audience now mm-hmm. that, and I believe them for the most part. Yes, you, you know that like you know whatever their experience of me is not my experience of me. So if it's helping and you're enjoying it, good. I don't have to ruin it. Because, you know, I don't feel the same way about me. I that have you the don't. exact same experience. They're all like, do you know how great you are? I'm like, no, and I never will. But thank you so much for saying that. That's what I mean. I will never take it in the way that I probably should. Ever. I, just, I can't like I'm still like the guy like when people would be like great show and I'm like I don't know yeah me too that's a, are you kidding like, that's just, let me just it, take your experience away yeah. we really had a good time like I didn't feel like I did. yesterday yeah, was I better yeah I don't know that one joke didn't work in the hour and a half that one joke was just and I always yeah, yeah, find yeah, yeah. I know you everyone says this but I really do find the one guy just staring always I, always I will find them if it's five thousand people. I and will I tend, find them. like, yeah, I tend to, like, I will look at people. Like, I've people have like written me emails afterwards. Like, I don't know if you knew that you were looking at me, but it was a, a, difficult for me. <laughs> that you're, you're looking you made at me, me the, uncomfortable. The whole show, you kept looking at me. Do you know you? Oh, I do the same thing. It's weird. I, I try to be aware of it. Like when I'm looking at somebody, and I, you know, I can see them. Sort of like what? <laughs> They're like, I'm just here trying to enjoy a show. And you're like, just staring. (laughs) I try to look up around, like, you know, look around. Me too. I did that. That is so funny, Mark. I did the exact same thing on both shows last night. I kept looking around, but I couldn't see anything. In the main room? Yeah. Yeah. Weird room. Have you gone on stage with the victim sign? That's such a good idea. I want to put it in a movie or a... (laughs) That is insane. That's my T-shirt. Victim. Insane. Insane. But so that's wait, one of many stories of insane but what stuff. Was, what was your relationship with the like with your dad or your stepfather? Like, was that all right? So my dad is the funniest person I've ever met in my life. He's hysterically your funny. real dad. Yeah, he's yeah. very black and white. Yeah. Very. Um, he he's different. They're complete opposites. My mother is a liberal, you know, yeah. artist, right. hippie. My dad is old school businessman, black and white kind of guy. Yeah. And they they still respect and love each other, but they just were That's not nice. right for each other yeah. at all. Uh, and he was very available to me when I was growing up oh, and nice. took care of me. Yeah. He was also very intense, yeah. you know, very moody. Right. And um, 
my stepfather was the opposite of my father. He yeah. was like Mr. Like he marched with Martin Luther King. He he used to run couples courses with my mother out of the house. This is like the Fokker stuff. Yeah, right. So they'd have like yeah. a bonding weekend, oh, sex wow. weekends. Like, it's so crazy. <laughs> And your real dad was just pragmatic. He's like, I don't believe in therapy. Just fucking get over it. You know, so it's, they're, they choose. Nice balance. Yeah. <laughs> you probably needed your father occasionally. Yeah, he still call, talks about himself in third person. Like, daddy loves you. Daddy's proud of you. Daddy's proud you just did a special. Daddy thinks you're good. Daddy's daddy. And I'm like, um, this is a little odd. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm trying, I've, I've been trying to figure out for myself what is this inability to, Except love, you know, like what, you know, because I, I tend to think it's because my parents were so self-involved and so needy that it, it feels loaded to me. That me like, too. like that, that any love is sort of innately manipulative. Like I a, understand that. Like it's going to erase me somehow, your love. Yes. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's what does also, it cost? Yeah. What's it going to cost me? Yeah. You, what do you, you what love? do you want from me if I accept your love? <laughs> yeah. What, the, what are you going to yeah. take from me? Exactly. Want from me? Yeah. Well, I think part of it also is for me is having, you know, parents that are narcissistic and, right. and, and then also I never allowed myself to rise, meaning like if I did something with my mom, I would always like kind of want her to win, let her win or do. I, I can't explain it. I kind of took care of them in certain ways. Right. I've always felt bad talking about them a lot, been protective yeah. of them. Right. So it's hard for me to allow myself to be the best I can be. I right. just cut myself down a little yeah. bit so that they would shine. Huh. Yeah, because I mean, I definitely had that thing where, you know, where they it's almost like they install a limiter mm -hmm. in your brain. Like, you know, how do I, you know, how do I transcend this garbage? Like, you know, whatever the fuck they, whatever, yeah. whatever they are, you know, how do I get above that? Because there seems to be some part of their insecurity or their lot in life that, that is going to make you insecure about yourself. That's I don't, I true. can't, I can't quite figure it out, but it's just like they're, you're going to only hit the level that they allow you to hit by the wiring they put in you. you know? As a and, child, that's very true for me. Mm. I wasn't like encouraged to be the best I can be and oh you did great on a test and then yeah. like it wasn't like that for me now it's more like that but mm. so I just always kept myself mediocre right so the comedy is really the one thing that's like really hitting hard right now and it's very uncomfortable for me because there's a lot of success right now and I'm really I'm having a lot of time with it it's yeah. great but it's incredibly uncomfortable like in what way what, what is what is going because on I'm here? not supposed to be like one of the best i'm not i've always kept my like i play tennis i was always second level singles i was always i never let right, myself right, really right. succeed to my full potential. potential right so now i'm i'm working on it i'm talking about it in therapy and i'm really allowing it because i've worked so hard for 20 years i'm like this is crazy i yeah. have to let it happen and you got a special bill burr produced a special yes that's great yeah he called me out of nowhere hmm. it's the one thing I'm not like, oh, I haven't gotten this, and this one gets that. It's the one thing I was like, this is ridiculous. What? That you I don't really have a should have a special. Yeah. Yeah. After that a was the point. one thing I was like, this is insane. Yeah. There's a special called Open Mic. <laughs> you know, I can't. Why shouldn't everyone have? Right. I know. I'm seeing all these people. Yeah. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Well, that's nice. And that was spontaneous. He just called you. He yeah. did. He saw me at the Patrice O'Neill benefit. Oh, good. Yeah. I do a thing where I turn around and talk to myself on stage. I don't yeah. know if you ever saw me do that. 
my specials called talking to myself. Yeah. I mean, it's something you would really get. I'm excited. I, I turn around and I encourage myself with my back to the audience. Yeah. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. You're going to do great. Doesn't matter what these people think. You need to love yourself. You know, right. like, and uh, most people get it. Some people think I'm having a nervous breakdown. Right. But uh, he loved that. Yeah. And De Niro actually, remember, he saw me do that at the cellar and right. flipped out right. and hired me to work on a movie with him. Right. The comedians, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's artists get that, the yeah. whole inner monologue, right, right. talking to sure, myself sure. and yeah. trying to motivate myself. Yeah. And uh, and then um, we taped the special and it's coming out December 6th. It's great. great. That's so exciting. Yeah. It's a good story because he chose this older, you know, lesbian comedian. It's like a fun, it's an interesting story. Like he, he didn't. It's just he, he chose who, you. He knew me, and we were friendly. Right, but he really tried to choose people. He got a deal for three comics, and he yeah. tried to choose people he thought really deserved it and were the funniest. Right, and that made me feel good. It that's was great. for no other reason than I thought I was funny. Yeah, well, that well, that's yeah. Well, you, that's great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's another comedian, a respectable, you know, funny guy. Yeah, you get respect from him, and you know, and you feel like you you, you did it. Right, and you did. Yeah. Everything I've ever gotten, I'm not kidding, like nine out of ten things is from comics. Really? Yeah, it's usually from a, another comedian referring me. Well, that's sweet. It is. And live shows, like what else is going on? So I'm touring a lot now. I'm also making a movie I'm executive producing for FX about female comedians, a documentary. It's the first movie that um, FX is putting, they're going to put in theaters and then it's going to land on FX. And are you one of the people who's in it? I'm in it and I'm producing it, yeah. Who else yeah. is in it? Oh, God. I mean, Amy Schumer agreed, um, Fortune, Feimster, Sarah, uh, Sarah, Sandra Bernhardt, Margaret Cho. They all agreed to do it. Uh, a lot of people, Lane Boozler, Rita Rudner. Great. All different ages. Yeah. All, and it's not going to be some bitch fest, you know, like, oh, it's been hard. And right. I want people to watch it and then go see female comics after. That's my goal. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. And you're touring a lot? Touring a lot. And I started a podcast. uh it's called Relatively Sane, and yeah. it's it's not just comics being funny. That's right. not what I wanted to do. It's yeah. more right. talking right. and real. Yeah. Um, and I, I love doing it. I get well, it. I, lo- I, I get that you love this and, right. and doing it for so long because it's- It's fun. It's like it so gets you out of yourself. You have yes. a good time, get some laughs. Yeah. I, I, and it's called Relatively Sane because it's a lot about family stuff I've done too with my mom. And she's a brilliant therapist. I'm right. talking- she really is. Oh, she great. still practices, and she's. Did you? Uh, did she? Uh, is she giving you any pointers? Yeah, like it's all her giving pointers and us laughing about stuff that happened, stuff I told you uh-huh. about. You know, no resentment against any of these people. I mean, I go in and out of resentment. You know, if I'm not working on myself, yeah. obviously, as you know, I will get very resentful. Right. And if I'm working on myself, I don't even think about it. That's yeah. literally where it is. They've My parents have both apologized for stuff. I'm very lucky. Most people never had that. Yeah. They've both apologized and said, I never meant to hurt you or right. do anything. We were young. Da, da. Yeah. So I, and I love them. They're, they're great. But yeah. I, now I'm a parent, so I get- are you? Yeah. Oh my God, Mark. I have four fucking kids. What? I know. I know. I have four daughters. When did that happen? Well, I had one with my ex, Shari, who's Zoe is 13. When was, she doesn't which one live was with this? me. 
This was the f- one. This was the one right when I started comedy. We didn't get into that, but when I was uh, just left graduate school yeah. and started comedy, I was flyering at the duplex in New York City, and she yeah. walked up to me, and that was it. Yeah, twelve years together, and, and we had you a daughter. Uh, she had the baby with a donor uh-huh. that had all my characteristics. Yeah. So Jewish, dark hair, dark eyes. Interesting, dark. yeah. And you can hear, it's incredible. You can hear interviews and see pictures now. It was unreal. Like, you, it's crazy. Of the donor. Yes. Oh. And Zoe is stunning. My yeah. 13-year-old is a knockout. She's an actress and a uh-huh. singer. Uh-huh. And she doesn't live with me, but she lives right near me. And you get along with her? Yes. With she's the mother? My, yes, we yeah. all get along. Oh, good. I mean, it took a while, but we all yeah. get along great. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't have legal rights. Because we got married and it wasn't legal at the time. Right. So it was difficult. It yeah. was very difficult. And then I got remarried to my wife, Danielle. Who you're with now. Mm-hmm. And we had a, we have a three and a half year old yeah. who uh, was born with heart disease. It's very heavy. Very. Uh, she was born with a major heart problem. Who, who carried the kid? You? <laughs> she did. Oh, she no, did. I, have, I, I never would have ever carried a child if you paid me. I right. never once thought about it for right. even a second. Yeah. I never even thought I would have kids. Okay, and so the- so we had uh, Isabella, and Isabella we saw in the uh, sonogram that she had um, valve problem. Yes, major, like Jimmy Kimmel, major, major, not uh, a whole, uh, not. So she was born with one large valve that was is called truncus arteriosus. It's a it looks like a mangled trunk yeah. of a tree. It's horrible. So she has two major problems. You know, she has a cow's jugular, and we have to get it replaced. She's had three open-heart surgeries and a stent. Can you believe that? Mm. In three and a half years. Mm. And uh, and she's okay right now, but she's going to need more open-heart surgeries. How old is she? She's going to be four in November. Oh, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And then, uh, you're gonna, not even going to believe this, but I have three-month-old twins. Oh, really? Yeah. So we wanted Isabella to have a younger yeah. sibling. Yeah. And then we go for in vitro. Right. And they're like, oh, it didn't work. And we're like, oh, God. So we try again. Now it's twins. Can you believe this? So now. And th- she just had them? Yeah, three months ago. And they're all girls. I have four girls. Wow. It's an incredible story because I really never thought I would have one child. And you live in the city? We live on Long Island. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I love it, but it's challenging. Yeah. It's very challenging. As a comic, as you sure. know, I'm on the road. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's a lot. Right. Danielle had to stop working full time because of Isabella. A lot of kids. Yeah. Well, because of the, the, well, the doctor's right. appointments and surgeries. Right. right. And, but you're managing? And she's a therapist, too. She's an addictions therapist. Well, maybe she can just start seeing people in the house. She is. Mark, this is unreal. So we're looking for houses, and she's going to see people in the house. I'm reliving my entire life. Isn't that unreal? Yeah, you're just going to make another you. I am. <laughs> right. The same story. Four of me, yeah. 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 But they're different because my mother's very old school therapist, yeah. obviously the S stuff. And, right. the four, and Danielle deals with teens with addiction issues. So uh-huh. she's like, get over it. Right. Like she's tough. Right. Right. It's very different therapy. But she's recovery based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. She's recovering herself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's recovering. Yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. Everyone's recovering. Everybody's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, no one's going to die soon. <laughs> but yeah. I'm glad you're doing good. This was very enjoyable. I am. Wait, so what happened with De Niro? Like, how did you know that guy? You, you did, it's you did. really a crazy story. Because um, I remember that movie. Like, I know there's a lot of 
talk about it, you know, and I know who was the woman in it? Oh, there was a lot of people was it in Edie it. Falco? Edie Falco, Leslie right. Mann, you right, know, I became right. friends with all of them. Uh, what God, was your... Harvey Keitel, Danny DeVito. It's an incredible story. I was performing at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah. He was there, De Niro, with right. Taylor Ackford. The director. They were looking for yeah. comics to be in it. Right. And De Niro loved what I did. I get, I'm at a gig, uh, one of those Jewish development gigs in on Florida? that Saturday. Yep. In Florida at my father's apartment. 12 o'clock, around 12, I get a call from Taylor Hackford. I have no idea who he is. I, I have no clue. Even I don't when know. He tells you who I he don't is. know. <laughs> you don't have no idea who he is. Yeah, I'm like, uh, no. So he did the he thing said, where this it's is like, Taylor this is Taylor Hackford. I'm like, who? I'm like, uh huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I have no, I don't know who anyone yeah, me is. Me neither. I never I have and I never will. I don't either. So he says, uh, we saw, uh, people I know for 20 years. Me too. Like, like they come up. I don't like, even know who you are. No, I really don't know who people are. It's horrible. I'm so self-involved exactly. that I, I don't remember names. It's or... ridiculous because we could train ourselves to do it. Yeah, but at this, know. who cares? I fucking hate that though. I don't. But now because I've lived so many places, it's sort of like I, you're gonna have to give me a time frame and a city. Yeah, exactly. Or... Yeah, or a scent I can follow. Mm, something. Me yeah, too. I don't know. Who so embarrassing is. to know people for 20 years and be like, this is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wait for them to introduce themselves to people. I tell people you have to introduce yourself because I don't know. Remember who anyone is. It's so embarrassing. It's just. All right, but, so Taylor so, calls. So Taylor calls. He's like, this is Terrell Hackford. I'm like, uh-huh, okay. And he's like, <laughs> no. I'm like, you're a telemarketer. No idea. And he goes, Bob and I would like to meet you on Wednesday. And I go, Bob who? <laughs> this is literally how the conversation went. And he goes, Bob De Niro. And I, and I go, okay. I have no idea right. what's going on. Right. So... I'm like, okay. And they're like, we want to talk to you about being in our movie. And I was like, wow. Like, it was crazy yeah. getting that call. Right, it was crazy. Right. Yeah. So I go on a Wednesday yeah. to the production office and I sit with the two of them and I hit it off with De Niro. I, I don't know what happened. I think he realized I don't give a shit. Right. I right. was not kissing his ass. Yeah. I didn't. To this day, I, it sounds insane. It doesn't even phase me. I was like, Whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And they were talking to me, and it turned into a three-hour conversation. Harvey Keitel walks in. He's like, Taylor, you like this haircut for the movie? I mean, it was... I thought I was on acid or something. I didn't know what was going on. Right. But I had taught comedy for years at Gotham Comedy Club, so I told them that, because he had to act like a comic who's been around for 35 years. You taught over there for... I like, did. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. They just offer classes? You worked directly for Chris, or what? I did. Like, yeah. I worked for Chris, and I just loved teaching people. It wasn't beginners. It was people who had already been in it for a while, but I just... I love teaching. Uh -huh. I love to teach. Yeah. And so I told them that and then bob just took a liking to me and yeah. he hired me to i the next morning i met him at his house his apartment and i there was a mic and a microphone and a, and i taught him how to do stand up and then i met him every morning he he like i became his person didn't he study it once before yeah, but not like that. Right. Like not, and yeah. it was so long before right. that. Right. To make a very long story short, I ended up being involved in every scene in the movie. He wanted me there for every single scene. I was in his ear, so I was on a microphone, and right. he, had a, yeah. he had an ear thing in, and I would just make him laugh and tell him, you know, things to say. And yeah. uh, I be got a, an associate producer credit, a comedy consultant credit. He paid me. It was amazing. It was wow. unreal. I became very friendly with all the actors. And then I became the person where, even when he and Leslie Mann had a 
like a love scene, yeah. they both had me come in a room with them privately to tell them what to do. I mean, it was really unbelievable. Huh. I learned so much, and I kind of directed some of it. It was crazy. Yeah. All from him just seeing me do stand-up. That's great. I know. I really... It, it helped me want to become you know, a producer and direct, like do all that stuff. Yeah. I loved it as much as I loved stand-up. Do you, are you guys still talk? Yeah. Yeah, I've been talking to his people recently because I want to uh, pitch something to him. Because he's always like anything... I've never asked him for a thing, yeah. ever. I just did a scene with him in the Joker. One scene I met you him. did, yeah, but he didn't know me, you know. I but don't, you I, did something with him before that, didn't you? No, no. Oh, that was the thing because I remember seeing you, yeah, and you saying I just did. Yeah, it was the Joker movie. One scene, I'm, only, I'm not in it much, but but it was with him, and I did spend a little time with him. But he, I, it was like one of those moments where I realized, like, now he, he doesn't know who I am. He's never seen. He doesn't like. He has no. no he doesn't know who does people not, are. No idea. He's oh, an yeah. incredible person. Yeah, I, yeah. I really spent a lot of time with him, and yeah. uh, he is—he's really silly, which yeah. you might people wouldn't know. He's right. re- like he used to put, you know, I do characters and voices, so he yeah. used to have film me doing these things so that he could go home and watch them. Right, he wanted to watch them yeah, at home. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's very accepting and loving, but he's you know has this hard exterior. It's, sure, of course. No, no, he seems like a sweet guy. It's but the like, crazy walking down the street with him yeah. is the craziest thing I've ever. I, it's it's beyond he's celebrity. Like, he's like the mayor of New yeah, York. Yeah, right? it's insane. Yeah, yeah, Bobby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he was so good to me and so sweet and. Uh, yeah, I just, I can't even believe how much I learned. He, I had to really step up and use my voice because. The first day I went for filming yeah. was in Brooklyn at a deli, a famous Jewish deli. I walk in, it's Danny DeVito, yeah. Patty Lapone. Right. Okay, they played a couple. Right. And De Niro. Yeah. And I walk in. This is after meeting with him privately for months. This is on camera? Yep. Yeah. I'm not on camera. I'm going there to be with Bob. Right. And uh and he Bob comes up to me the second I walk in, he goes, I need a line, I need a line. I'm doing this scene with dinner. And so I give him a line. Yeah. And then uh, he says the line, and Patty Lapone and Danny DeVito laugh. Right. So it ruined the scene. And Taylor <laughs> Hackford started screaming at me. I swear to God, he's like, "You can't just fu-. this is the first day. You can't just fucking come in here and tell you know d- do this. I mean, this is a professional." And Bob took him by the arm and said, "Don't ever speak to her like that. If you ever speak to her like that again, I'm out." <laughs> and that was the first day. And I had a fight to get my voice in because he wanted me to. Bob did. Yeah. He would say, just come in, say whatever you want, do whatever you want. And I would, you know. In terms of helping him out. Yes. But then the producers, which is understandable, and the director would be like, God, just let us do our thing. But he wanted me to be his voice. And I did. I mean, he was, he hired me. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it was great. Well, I'm so glad everything's going so well for you. You seem like you got your plate is full with family, career stuff, but it all seems good. It's all good. I have to allow it. I am, but it's about me allowing it to be good. But crazy time's over. Yes, I can. I'm my way over. Way over. (laughs) I'm tired. I can barely get out of bed. I know, I know. Well, I'm excited about the special. I'm excited. I think we covered a lot of stuff here. You think so? Oh, I do. You feel good? Yeah, I feel so good. Uh, I love talking to you. You're amazing. Yeah, I I love talking to you. You cracked me up. (laughs) Nice seeing you. You too. See? Funny, right? 
Uh, again, her Comedy Central special, Jessica Curse on Talking to Myself, this Friday, December 6th, on Comedy Central. It'll be on the Comedy Central app, cc.com, and other on-demand platforms. And also, we talked a little bit about her podcast, Relatively Sane. You can get that wherever you get podcasts. And also, you can go to podswag.com slash WTF to get some of the new WTF merch for the holidays. Hats, hoodies, cups, stuff, key fobs, fobs. Or go to WTFpod.com and click on the merch link, okay? Let me play some minor chords, hopefully to elevate the spirit of my sick cat, LaFonda. Boomer lives. <laughs>